You are listening to Grab Them by the Pod, a member of the Ace Podcast Network. joining us here at grab them by the pod welcome back we're excited to talk to you and much like roger maris we've hit 61 jesse <laughs> what do you got for us tonight well, i want to tell our listeners that there's going to be a lot of depressing news on today's episode but don't worry we got fantastic news today president trump announced that he'll be creating the space force it'll be there to save the day from all those alien invasions apparently and uh, it's interesting, the wording that the president used. He said, you know, it's kind of like the, the Air Force. It'll be separate but equal. Uh, that, that's not good, uh, good terminology for the president of the United States to use. No, it's not. And you thought that the Reagan administration with its <laughs> Star Wars was about as out there as you could get. Um, <laughs> sadly, no. no. Uh, who knows how serious this might be uh, from the Trump administration, but the – Space Force. Yeah, well, we'll learn more about it, I'm sure, in the coming months or years uh, or whatever they try to do with this one. But uh, to the news of the day, uh, some very depressing news going on, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, we discussed this actually a few weeks ago. Uh, you know, families are being separated at the border, and it's become a huge story again in the past week or so. Uh, the White House has a zero tolerance uh, immigration policy. And this basically means that undocumented parents are being separated from their children. I mean, we've seen Laura Bush speak out about this. Michelle Obama spoke out about this. Uh, Melania spoke out about this. I mean, I think even Rosalind Carter today spoke out against it. Our old friend Anthony Scaramucci said it's an atrocious policy. So why is it still going on? Yeah, wait a minute. All of a sudden, the mooch is popping up all over the place. He's on TV. He's doing interviews. Yeah. He's, you know, what's he trying to weasel his way back into the White House? Well, yeah, onto some media platform. Uh, you got to make that money somehow. You got to buy those $10,000 suits somehow. Yeah, I guess so. Well, even Melania herself spoke out about this a little bit, called for both sides to come together to fix this problem. Um, you know, says she wants a country that governs with a heart. Both sides? Where have we heard I'm that before? So sure this, I'm not so sure that this is a both sides issue. It seems to me that despite what the president claims, that this is a pretty one-sided problem. Kevin, there are very nice people on both sides of this issue. You know, that's, that's what we hear out of this White House all the time. Uh, but according to a recent Ipsos poll, 56% of the people who they surveyed uh, did not agree that it's appropriate to remove parents from their children. 27% uh, of the respondents said they agreed with this policy. And 27%, that seems right around Trump's base, if I had to guess. Well, those are the crazies who preach about family values at the root of their policies. You know, I, I guess it only applies if you're blonde-haired and blue-eyed. Yeah, you know, if you come from uh, Norway, because you know that's a very wonderful. It's not a shithole country, as we, uh, as the president likes to say. And for some reason, the president, uh, he likes to blame the Democrats on this. And it makes no sense. He sent out many, many, many tweets, lots this morning even. Uh, he's saying things like, you know, why don't the Democrats give us the votes to fix the world's worst immigration laws? I mean, Trump's base eats this stuff up. Uh, from the very beginning, they've been anti-immigration, you know, calling Mexicans rapists and murderers. So this is right in their wheelhouse. He knows exactly what he's saying and who he's talking to. Yeah, it's well, all he's really got, you know, since most reasonable people, reasonable people have already sworn off of him. You know, Trump keeps calling for Congress, for the Democrats to change the laws, except there is no law that requires family separation. This is a policy. 
They they will not admit that no matter what you do, we hear from everyone, from the president to Sir Huckabee Sanders to Kristen Nielsen, everybody says, no, 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 there is a law. No, there is no law, as you just said. It's insane. I mean, Jeff Sessions implemented this back in April when he did the zero tolerance. He's, they, before this presidency, children were not being pulled away from their kids. It's it's just crazy. Uh, and I, I feel bad for these people who are coming here for a better life and they're losing their children. I, I we take it for granted. I can't even fathom this happening to me. I mean, you have two children. Could you even imagine anything that's happened to you? Not for a second. And the most disturbing thing is that they keep standing behind lies to justify this. As you mentioned, Homeland Security Secretary Kristen Nielsen, she of the blonde hair and blue eyed persuasion, mm-hmm. doubled down today on the president saying that there's been a 315 percent increase in the number of of undocumented immigrants fraudulently using children to pose as a family in order to enter the United States between October and February of this year. Except according to the New York Times, Katie Rogers and Eileen Sullivan, this percentage refers only to a sliver of data. During that time, there were 191 fraudulent family claims, which is up from 46 for all of 2017, but there was over 303,000 crossing attempts that were recorded. So this is a very minute piece of data that they're kind of clinging to and hiding behind. And and they're fraudulently claiming this to be a bigger problem than it is to justify their reprehensible actions. I mean, Kristen Nielsen, she, she was all over the place. It, it was the most insane uh, press conference I've seen. I mean, any other administration, she probably would be handing in a resignation after this. She'd probably be praised. Uh, she was offended when they said, uh, or when they asked her whether this was an intentional policy. You know, she, No, of course not. But when you look at people like John Kelly and Stephen Miller have both said in the past that it would be a good strategy. Uh, she claims that these minors uh, that are being sent to these juvenile detention centers are being well taken care of. But you know, two things on that. Uh, one, a reporter told Nielsen that we've seen pictures of older boys, but no girls, no toddlers. You know, where are these people? How do we know they're safe? And she couldn't answer that, even though, though she had just said, oh, they're all safe. And second, today, uh, an audio was released from within a Border Patrol facility, uh, and it's absolutely heartbreaking. It's audio of children crying you know, for their moms, for their dads. And in the background, you can hear Border Patrol agents laughing and saying in Spanish, well, we have an orchestra. What's missing is the conductor. It's just absolutely sickening that these people are laughing at these children who are crying because they're no longer with their parents. Again, I would pay good money to see any Trump official in an immigrant asylum seeker's shoes. And I'm seeing morons online who are like, oh, if you feel so bad for these children, offer to take them into your house. Like, that has nothing to do with anything. Uh, you shouldn't have to take them into your house because they shouldn't be there in a detention center. I mean, Breitbart had some article today saying, oh, AP calls them cages when they're really chain-linked um, detention center. I mean, someone's like, buddy, that's what a cage is. Uh, they won't admit it. They're in cages. They shouldn't be taken into families' homes because they have families Mm -hmm. that they are being forcibly taken away from for no other reason than a political agenda. And you know, I understand uh, you know, there's immigration problems and it's against the law, but there are better ways to handle this. I mean, at the very least, just kick them out, deport them together. At least they'll be together. It's, and, and Jeff Sessions is hiding behind the Bible, as he does so often. He quoted Romans 13, says things like, you know, orderly and lawful processes are good in themselves and protect the weak and the lawful. No, 
this has nothing to do with the Bible, even though Sarah Sanders likes to point out that it's very biblical to enforce a law. If you look actually at Romans 13, it says a few different things I want to read off. And, you know, I'm not religious, Kevin. Uh, you know, some people may call me an agnostic atheist. Other people may call me a heathen. Uh, it depends where you fall down on things. But uh, if you're going to look at the Bible, I think you got to take the entire thing. And here it says, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. For well, this, they messed that one up. Oh, huh? yeah. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery. Hmm, President Trump. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not steal. President Trump. Thou shalt not bear false witness. President Trump. Thou shalt not covet. President Trump. And if there is any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in the saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as themselves. Huh. And then it ends here with, love worketh no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is fulfilling the law. Someone uh, in the Trump administration, if they want to quote the Bible, should be looking at that and quoting that and saying, you know what, loving these people is more important than keeping them in detention centers. Yeah, you know what, I'm going to quote the Black Eyed Peas, where is the love? It's, <laughs> it's clearly absent from the Trump administration. This is being used as a ploy to get Democrats in Congress to get on board and moderate Republicans on board with building his damn border wall. They keep saying, you know, we're going to – we'll sign on to legislation. If you give it to us, why aren't you working on it? But they won't sign on to legislation to help these people. They'll only sign on to it if it means they're going to get $25 billion or whatever it is uh, to the wall as well. And the Republicans are just going to go through with this. We mentioned last week that South Carolina Congressman Mark Sanford lost because he didn't agree with Trump all the time. Everybody in Congress on the GOP side is too afraid to stand up for what's right because they don't want to lose. And when you have Congresses that are ruling with fear, that's that's not good for anybody in this country. No, shameful, spineless milk toasts is what they are. <sighs> so that's that's what we're dealing with right now. And you should have seen uh, the, if you have not watched the the interview, it was right before uh, Sarah Sanders spoke today. The press corps was pretty much beside themselves. The press who weren't in the room on Twitter were beside themselves. Uh, you just listen to these. People, the, the secretary of the Department of Homeland Security, the White House press secretary, the president himself, just flat out lying and, and putting these people in these situations, it, it's, it makes you, it's enough to make you sick. And you know, I'm, I'm not often uh, without words, but I'm getting to that point right now. So. Yeah, I've been sick for a year and a half, Jess, and it's yeah. only getting worse. I'm telling you, and, and it doesn't get any better with the Inspector General's report that came out last week. Uh, and just a little background on what the Inspector General is. Uh, Congress created the IGs back in the 70s, was trying to fix government integrity after Watergate and when things were a mess. Uh, and the original Inspector General Act established an office of the Inspector General in each of the 12 cabin-level positions. Uh, the president uh, points to the IG, and it's supposed to be without regard for political affiliation, so they can be there uh, but from one president to another. Uh, it does have to be... Uh, uh, confirmed by the Senate. Um, so while these IGs uh, are you know, politically independent, supposedly, uh, they do technically serve at the at the will and the pleasure of the president. So Reagan, when he came in, just got rid of everybody underneath Car Jimmy Carter, uh, and it kind of caused a ruckus. Uh, but since then, new presidents generally just leave the IGs in place. Uh, and, and they did eventually pass a national security-related uh, law uh, where things like the Department of Justice, Defense, State, Treasury, uh, Homeland Security, these are some of the places that didn't necessarily have an IG originally. Um, now they do. And there are currently 73 inspector generals at this point. Whew, that's a lot. Well, if we've learned nothing from history, right, learn from Watergate. The reason why the inspector general position was created. We saw a, a need, a demand for 
somebody in government to be looking into the improprieties of people in high places. I mean, this position needs to exist clearly because absolute power corrupts absolutely. So it's, it does us some good to have these positions scattered throughout our government that are the watchdogs, you know, kind of making sure that things are being done above board. But again, you know, sometimes it is politically motivated. Kind of like, you know, who watches the watchmen? I guess that's who the, the inspector generals are. So what did we learn from the inspector general's report? Uh, a bunch of things. Uh, first, you know, it was really a bad look for Comey, but there was nothing illegal going on. Um, it, it focused on two areas, really. James Comey and former Attorney General Loretta Lynch and the Justice Department's decision not to charge Clinton with any crime regarding uh, the use for uh, private email ser- uh, server. Uh, the report states that the decision not to charge Clinton was m- not motivated by any kind of improper political bias among the Justice Department officials. Trump has been saying the exact opposite for two years. Uh, here we have a report saying that's not true, but he's not going to stop saying it. Well, we should know better than, than to believe him by now. Well, that's that's a bad thing. <laughs> We know that. Uh, Our listeners, I hope, know that. But there's a lot of people in this country that just don't. Uh, I mean, the report did come down on Comey. I mean, he's been hitting Comey on Twitter for a long, long time. And, and, you know, I I do have my shirt that says Comey is my homie. Uh, But, yeah, but Comey did do some some bad things here, or at least some things that were wrong. Uh, It suggests that his process that led to the public comments on Clinton uh, in October and July of 2016, those were a problem. Uh, Making those comments without consulting Loretta Lynch and other top justice officials was kind of outside of the department norm. Uh, and, and the report also that you know, Comey himself was using personal email accounts to conduct some of this bi- business. And guess what? That's what they've been going after Hillary for this entire time. <sighs> right. And I, I trust this report uh, because according to NPR, it was nearly 600 pages long. It took <laughs> over a year to prepare. So, you know, I'm guessing this is pretty comprehensive. And what's coming out of this, I would take as pretty factual and, you know, so regardless of what the president may believe, I, I believe what's coming down here, okay? And again, I'll state for the record that Hillary Clinton did not do anything illegal. It may have looked bad, but she didn't do anything illegal. So stop with the damn locker up chance. Stop with the crooked Hillary. You know, the history is coming down on her side in this case. And she was out there tweeting today about these uh about these separations too. So she's she's getting back out there little by little. Uh, I guess the more that she's vindicated, the more she feels comfortable without there becoming, you know, not not a face of the Democratic Party, but at least a part of it again. Uh, one of the other things that they talked about, we mentioned it a few minutes ago, was that Lynch was criticized for her handling of the June 2016 tarmac meeting she had with Bill Clinton. Uh, the report suggests, you know, she should have avoided it, uh, but it does conclude that, uh, you know, there's nothing discussed there that had to do with the email investigation. It's just, again, it looked bad, but wasn't necessarily bad. Uh, you know, with, with Comey, again, he, he looks bad. He didn't really do anything illegal. You know, I, mean, I don't even want to say it was immoral, but it's just, you know, it's, it, I probably wouldn't have done that. Uh, it's not against the laws, but, you know, next next go around, let's not do that. Uh, and, in bad taste. Yeah, there say. you go. In bad taste. That's the right, the right way to say it. Uh, but, you know, it's easy to judge when you're in that moment. And, you know, Comey has come out kind of. I guess he's going to be uh, celebrating himself and his story and, and, and pushing his agenda because, you know, you got to make money. But in that moment, I think he was probably damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, if he'd said something, they'd yelled him. If he didn't say something, they'd yelled him too. Exactly. As he has said, that he did not feel comfortable allowing the election to go forward, believing that Hillary Clinton was going to win. And should something come out that was damning, that was illegal done by Clinton or her staff, that the election 
would have been marred by the fact that, you know, this person that's now elected president has done all these illegal improprieties. So he couldn't live with that himself in his conscience. And so this is why he spoke out. In turn, we get another immoral or improper person who did get elected president and has done a whole slew of illegal or unethical things. So it's six to one, half dozen the other. The problem with this report is that there, there's just a big enough nugget that Trump can pull, pull something out of there and make a mountain into a molehill. Uh, we've talked in the past about uh, some of the anti-Trump text messages that were between Lisa Page, uh, Peter Strozik. I can never say his name. Struck. 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 Thank you. I've heard that. I, I should know that. Um, while they were having an affair, um, and the report includes previously unknown texts between them, and one page says, uh, you know, Trump's never going to become president. Right, right. And Struck responded, no, no, he's not. We'll stop it. And, you know, Struck told investigators, he was you're trying to assure that, you know, he's not going to win. Don't worry. You know, he's trying to, you know, we'll stop her because, you know, he's, he's sleeping with her. He wants to look good. Right? Well, Let's pause for a minute here okay. and imagine how many similar conversations were had the nation over. I mean, I had the very same conversation with my own wife, yeah. you know, when she was questioning, he's not really going to win, is he? It's like, no, no, no. The American people have much more sense than that. You know, little did we know. It could very easily be harmless uh, if not for their jobs within the FBI. That's the only reason why they're being scrutinized. But, you know, many people in this country were saying the exact same thing at that time. But it doesn't matter to the president. He sees what he wants to see, and he'll keep me. Those FBI lovers are out to get me. Um, you know, I, I they shouldn't have been doing this on FBI phones. That was stupid of them. Uh, I kind of feel bad for them now that they're gonna, just, you know, they're getting blown up by the president like once a week at this point. Um, but you know, what are you, what are you gonna do? Um, so there it is. Clinton has been vindicated. Uh, she didn't have to be charged with anything. Um, the report doesn't mean much for the Russian probe, although Trump would disagree for some reason. Um, after the Trump was, I mean, after the report was released, uh, Trump shocked the press, his staff, even the Secret Service, by going out to give this impromptu uh, press conference. Uh, and there's always our good old friends at Politifact to look into what Trump is saying. So here, Kevin, we're going to go through a few things that he said, and then we'll talk about, you know. Were they true? Uh, here's a spoiler alert. They're mostly not. Um, he said the FBI IG report totally exonerates me. There was no collusion. There was no obstruction. And if you read the report, you'll see that. What you'll really see is the bias against me, the millions and tens of millions of my followers. Uh, that is a disgrace. It, it doesn't show that at all. It, it shows the exact opposite. Uh, Even his choice of the word followers. Oh, the cult of Trump. No, no, yeah, no, followers. That doesn't play well. Uh, it's the fact that he think looks at it, and he, there was a funny uh, joke that Bill Maher told on his show on Friday night. He opened up and said, "Hey, you know, President Trump assured everybody that he was going to read the entire report before making any conclusions." <laughs> just kidding. Uh, there's no way that Trump even read one page of this 500-page report. He just read whatever Fox News or Breitbart were putting out about it, and goes, "There you go. That's all I need to know. Let's go give a let's go give a, a press conference. Why not?" Um, he said, you know, what, what FBI Director James Comey did was criminal. Um, again, we just mentioned a few minutes ago. No, it was not. He's confusing unethical uh, with illegal. Uh, it, the fact that it's such an easy, easy thing to understand, he can't understand or won't understand, uh, that's one of the scariest things uh, or serious aspects of his personality. He won't admit when he's wrong or he'll just double down on the lie. Yes, unethical. He should be familiar with such a word. Yeah, you know, it's uh, sometimes maybe you can't see it because it's just too close to home. He's looking in a mirror and seeing himself. 
Um, he said, I hate with children being taken away. The Democrats have to change their laws. That's their law. That's Democrats' law. We can change it tonight. The Democrats force that law upon our nation, as we talked about a few minutes ago. Again, no, it's not a law. It's a policy, and the Democrats don't own that policy. Perhaps the one truthful tidbit of information he gave in that entire press conference is that he can change it tonight <laughs> because it's a policy which can be changed by executive order, something he has the power within him to do. So go ahead, Donnie, put your money where your mouth is and change the policy. But then he wouldn't get money for his wall because he just he just made the wall 10 feet higher. Ten feet higher and, and I don't understand what he needs money for. Mexico is going to be paying for this, right? So I don't. what's the problem? Yeah. Uh, he said, uh, it's in the agreement with North Korea. It says he will denuclearize. I signed an agreement where we get everything, everything. Uh, as we mentioned last episode, uh, Trump really just signed a joint communique in Singapore, not an agreement. Uh, it was a statement of broad goals, not a binding promise to deliver anything. Uh, it said that North Korea commits to work towards complete nuclear denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. But uh, as if you ask any experts, North Korea said that before. Um, experts think it doesn't even mean what we think it means. Um, they probably think Kim meant the removal of the threat of nuclear war by both uh, North Korea and the United States, not actual denuclearization. So maybe there's not nuclear weapons on submarines or boats, but they're still going to have them. Yeah, much more likely than him dismantling all nukes. And maybe we'll be happy, but uh, South Korea and Japan will still be shaking their boots, and for good reasons, too. I don't blame him for that. And he said, Manafort worked for me for a very short period of time. He worked for me for what, 49 days or something? Very short period of time. No, he worked for Trump for almost five months. He worked to consolidate Trump's support ahead of the convention. He was later promoted to campaign chairman and chief strategist. He made a lot of TV appearances on behalf of Trump and worked alongside Trump's closest advisors. Again, this is not something that, that we can't find when we look into it, yet he lies to everybody again and again and again. Yeah, maybe he was only counting weekdays or, you know, days that didn't end in Y, something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe he was with me for like a couple fortnight, maybe, 49 fortnight. Does that, does that work out? Don't uh, get me started. On, on a brief side note, the video game Fortnite, yeah. wildly popular amongst the youth of our nation. Uh, and most of them don't know what the word even means. <laughs> so we had quite a lesson on that when the game first started taking over my classroom. It goes to show that we're just old men now. I don't understand Fortnite. I see people talk. I mean, we're Red Sox fans. David Price can't pitch a game because he's been playing too much Fortnite. I just, you know, give me Super Nintendo or, or Super Mario Brothers, uh, Duck Hunt. I'm happy. Even Sonic the Hedgehog. You bet. And finally, let's talk about Michael Flynn. Some people say Michael Flynn lied. And some people say he didn't lie. I mean, really, it turned out maybe he didn't lie. No, no he, he pled guilty to lying. He's a liar. That means he at least acknowledges there's enough evidence to convict him. So, ready, Jesse? Lock, Lock him up! Him up. <laughs> and by the way, speaking of liars, uh, during a Fox News interview last week, uh, Trump said that part of his agreement with Kim Jong-un was to allow for the return of the remains of American soldiers who died during the Korean War. And that's obviously a very good thing if it does happen. Uh, but once again, it shows what a liar Trump is. He said, so many people asked when I was on the campaign, I'd say, wait a minute, I don't have any kind of relationship. And they'd say, but when you can, Mr. President, we'd love our son to be brought home. You know the remains. What's the problem with this, Kevin? Well, let me break it to you this way from my own personal experience. I have a great uncle. He was a Marine in the Korean War. He's now in his mid-80s. My great-grandparents would already be over the age of 120. So just for some perspective. Yeah, it's it's 
it's not. I mean, I guess it's possible, but it's not very probable. If we give the benefit of the doubt, it's not inconceivable to say that a 99-year-old parent of a fallen uh, Korean War veteran may have approached Trump during the campaign. That's assuming uh, that they had the kid uh, when they were 18, and then the kid was 18 on the last day of the war. Uh, but he said we. He said they. It means uh, multiple people were asking for him. Like, again, it's just a stupid, stupid lie to make up because I don't think there are a lot of 100-plus-year-old people going to campaign rallies and, and smashing through crowds to go talk to Donald Trump. Um, I mean, I, bringing home the remains is a fantastic thing. Why do you have to politicize it? It was just a stupid lie. Well, you answered your own question right there. Yep, and, and, and Trump and Fox lets him lie. I mean, whatever. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about this week was uh, in another interview with uh, Rudy Giuliani after uh, Trump's campaign, former campaign chair Paul Manafort went to jail last week. Uh, Giuliani suggested that Mueller's investigation could get cleaned up uh, with some presidential pardons when it's all said and done. Uh, the actual quote was, uh, when the whole thing is over, things might get cleaned up with some presidential pardons. I mean, the rule of law means nothing to these people. Trump can abuse the power of the pardon and you know, Congress just let him do it and whatever. You know, What are you going to do? How nice of the president's men to suggest subverting the legal process. Giuliani, he's become a a stupid lawyer in his old age. He just doesn't understand the justification for putting Manafort in jail. You put the guy in jail if he's trying to kill the witness, not just because he's talking to him. No, they're both illegal. And you go to jail for both of them. Sorry, Charlie. I I don't know what goes through Rudy's brain anymore. We both have our theories on that. We've talked about several times on past episodes. Uh, but it, it just he's become a lunatic. I say no more. I say no more. And earlier Trump tweeted, wow, what a tough sentence for Paul Manafort, who has represented Ronald Reagan, Bob Dole, and many other top political people and campaigns. Didn't know Manafort was the head of the mob. What about Comey and Crooked Hillary and all the others? Very unfair. Uh, you know, when I hear... Trump said something's unfair about someone in jail. That usually precedes him pardoning them. I mean, hey, that same uh, Inspector General report they're singing about suggests Hillary's not guilty, so... It doesn't say that. It says that he's he's not guilty himself. Hey, haven't you read it? Oh, wait. We have. That's the problem. Um, Tr- Giuliani is also renewed calls to shut down the Mueller investigation. That kind of investigation should not go forward. It's time for the justice to investigate the investigators. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has been pretty much saying the same thing. He said, what, about, what I think about the Mueller investigation is they ought to wrap it up. It's gone on for seemingly forever, and I don't know how much more they can think they'll find out. Uh, well, you know, if you look at a chart from Compass Points, Isaac Boltonsky and Lucas Davis, uh, it shows the average length of the special counsel investigations dating back to Water- Watergate are 904 days. I mean, the longest one has been the Whitewater scandal, which became the Lewinsky scandal, went on for uh, 2,978 days. The Iran-Contra scandal went on for 2,420 days. Uh, the Mueller investigation has been going on for a little more than a year. So, no, Mitch McConnell, it has not been going on forever. As I've said from the beginning, you know, Watergate was two plus years. We've got some time still. John Oliver has the right name for it. He calls it stupid Watergate because it's just like Watergate, only stupider. <laughs> I'm like, ah, it's pretty much right on the nose. It really is. And I wouldn't bet against Bob Mueller. I mean, the guy's pretty badass. He was a Marine in Vietnam. You know, he's a straight shooter, plays by the book. He was the FBI director for multiple presidents of both parties. You know, he's got something going there. Let's give him a chance. Let's give him some time to get this done the right way. And the fact that he's not saying anything, keeping his mouth shut, means he's just waiting for his moment to strike. And, oh, knock on wood, I hope that moment is everything we hope it is. Yes, we do. All right, so what do you got for Kevin's Corner this week? Well, Jesse, 
The idea that the United States of America is enforcing a policy of separating children from their mothers and fathers at our southern border is sickening and unbecoming of the world's greatest democracy. Worse yet, the partisan bickering that is ensuing at the behest of the president as to who to blame further sours the stomach as we try to reconcile our consciences with what we see taking place along the border with Mexico. As a history teacher, I am remiss if I do not caution that these actions have happened before and not just as the policies of Nazi Germany. While Hitler's henchmen separated families within the concentration camps as part of the dehumanization process, it would be neglectful not to recall FDR's internment of thousands of Japanese Americans on our very own soil during World War II as their national loyalty was called into question. When we paint immigrants with such a broad brush, assuming the worst and therefore moving forward with prosecution, it comes dangerously close to persecution. When we allow ourselves as a nation to break apart families and strip people of their dignity, what is to stop us from taking their humanity? As we question those who sat idly by passively enabling religious persecutions or ethnic cleansings, we must ask ourselves, how will history judge our complicity in this time of moral crisis? I think you said a lot of great stuff in there, Kevin. And you know, for that very reason, I can't imagine how FDR could be anybody's favorite president. But uh, that's that's just my view. Uh, At least I'm willing to admit. <laughs> just kidding. Hey, you know, we both have a, have a Roosevelt as a favorite president. Mine's just Teddy. And, you know, and he had... His issues. We can go into some other time. All right. Uh, remember, go to our website at grabthembythepod.com to find all the podcast-related uh, fun stuff you want to see, whether it's pictures of us, our social media links, uh, just, you know, YouTube channel, whatever you want. Uh, I look forward to it. Kevin, you're going to go to, I think, what, two graduations this week, one for the school you work at and then your Board of Ed. Uh, I think that'll be a very fun, fun time seeing the future of America. You know, it is a reminder that there is hope still in this country. And I am reminded of that every day. And especially at this time of year as a high school teacher, when we send off each new graduating class out into the world, you know, there's a lot good still going for us. So keep that in mind, folks. And uh, maybe we'll see some caps decorated. But uh, that's an inside the story between the two of us. All right, everybody. Uh, it's been great spending the last 30 minutes with you. And uh, we'll see you next week. Later. Later.